West, Flim Flam and Fraud, retold as gilded narrative by people whose grandparents took the land by force and have been draining the public trough ever since to keep it locked in a peculiar time warp of history. I needed a land without filter or interpretation. The West, unplugged. The skies, now clear, were cluttered with ravens, magpies, and the occasional red-tailed hawk looking for easy prey in the impressionable snow. Jackson Hole seemed to have everything that has been enshrined in Indium petroglyph form or frozen on canvas by Charles Russell. The place was full of charismatic megafauna, as biologists say in moments of attempted clarity. Bighorn sheep, moose, and mule deer were just starting to congregate at the lower elevations, joining an occasional bison. And elk, after six weeks of bugling and strutting, the males with harems of a dozen cows or more, the females shameless in their provocations, were ready to put their sexual appetites aside in search of winter range. The celebrity lawyers, ski country socialites, and cowboy industrialists had yet to follow a similar migratory pattern. They awaited a signal that it was time for the herd to move. The Snake River runs through it, gathering snowmelt from the high Yellowstone Plateau just a spit distance west of the Continental Divide and sending it all on a slow ride to the Pacific. The ribbons of life from the Grovant, Flat Creek, and other streams support beaver, muskrat, trout, and the ever-stylish-looking herons strutting the watery runways with those pencil-thin legs. I could see flashes of icy gold down below, where the cottonwoods still held a few leaves. Above me, the great temperamental bulk of Grand Teton, just under 14,000 feet, came out again, lashed by the wind, and then disappeared behind a cloud wrap. The West is full of mountains imprinted with pedestrian names. But the French-Canadian fur trappers, openly lustful, had it right when they named the Tetons for their wet dreams. Looking for a little meadow at the base of the upper Tetons, I got tangled in my thoughts and wandered. I came upon a ghost forest from a fire, black skeletons against the snow. The tips of new growth, saplings barely a foot high, looked up beneath the standing dead. Clouds swooshed up and over the summits and then settled in, a hint of menace in a shroud of mist. I was chilled. My pulse quickened as the wind bristled. Snow fell. I was lost, and I was home. Indoors, we argued. We came from big cities and ranches, reservations and universities, downtown apartments and desert split levels. Some of us rode horses, some of us rode mountain bikes. A few people wore bolo ties around their necks, others used them for shoelaces. We were Westerners from Connecticut and Westerners from Wyoming. We were from Moss Country and Saguaro Land. We had among us the strains of nationality and blood conflict that formed the West, the long-conquered and the uneasy victors, Blackfoot Indians who once dominated a broad swath of North Country, Italian and Irish urbanites whose ancestors were the conscripts that shot native bison herds as their introductory chore in the West and then deserted the army for homesteads or gold. Hispanos, with traces of conquistadors and Zunis in their family lines. Mormons, who are still curious. The topic was, the next hundred years in the American West. We were the storytellers, 
unsure to a person what the last hundred years had been all about. But fenced in by dated metaphors, we were struggling to find a new story to inhabit, a way to live in a West closer to the truth, neither fairy tale nor a barren replacement. One side was fantasy, the other was a pit of guilt and banality, Western ho-hum. Where was the sense of wonder? Whether we spoke of the West of the imagination, the West of open spaces, or the West of mythology, this region's hold on the American character never seemed stronger. A person puts on a cowboy hat anywhere in the world, even if alone in a room, and starts acting differently, sometimes stupidly, sometimes nobly, but it is a new personality. The land west of the 100th meridian is full of tombstones, under which are buried people who lived longer than any doctor ever gave them a chance to do. It's the air they use.